So, you like the idea of a gentle God, a God who's open and accepting and completely non-judgmental. But how would a God like that deal with Hitler, with Stalin, with Jeffrey Epstein? How does a good God, a God of love, respond in the face of evil? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. G'day, it's good to have you with us for another week of Signs of the Times Radio. I'm in our studios at Warunga in Sydney with my collaborator, colleague, co-worker, Mr. Daniel Kuberic. How are you, Daniel? I'm really well, thank you, Kent. Really busy, but uh, I think I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm, I'm also very, very well. Really happy that after years and years of drought, we're getting rain and rain and rain. That looks like it's uh, going to continue all summer with the whole La Nina thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it is sort of different to the summer we had last year, which was very dry and fiery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, certainly don't miss that. I mean, I keep thinking back, hey, you know, this time last year, you know, even from the end of winter all through spring, you know, it was just fire happening somewhere. So it's really nice to see a bit of a change. Although, of course, you know, by the time uh, our listeners hear this, they may be saying, what about the floods? So, yeah, mm. yeah not good. Uh, yeah, I remember when I was driving back on the, the Hume at the end of last year, I think it was, and mm-hmm. it was so smoky. And then just a few weeks ago, my friends and I went to the snow, so we were coming back on that same road. It was so weird just seeing everything clearly, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, things can can change so fast, can't they? Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that, you know, as the whole bushfire debacle was unfolding, there were all these conversations about, you know, is this climate change? Isn't this climate change? You know, there was that there was that debate. Part of that debate, a sort of a subset of that debate was, hey, a lot of these fires were deliberately lit, you know, there it was or, or human error, you know, this was uh, perhaps a, a hazard reduction burn that got out of control or or some sort of accidental, you know, thing that happened with an angle grinder or, or something like that. And yeah, but then there's some really sad things like you know, someone who is actually you know a volunteer for for the fire services actually gets some sort of kick out of lighting fires and you know thousands of hectares later you know homes destroyed wildlife destroyed even you know people dying and you sort of think man you know what what evil is is in some people that that would drive them to do that kind of thing yeah i agree were you planning to segue that? <laughs> I totally was. I totally was. <laughs> Be- because, Daniel, you've, you've written in this month's Signs of the Times magazine an article on Jeffrey Epstein. This is Jeffrey Epstein who was you know, accused of running a, a sex abuse ring, was finally arrested. You know, it was looking like he, there was going to be justice and then he uh, dies in, in his cell. And of course, you know, more recently we have his partner, Ghislaine Maxwell, you know, in court being accused with, with related crimes. So, yeah, I mean, I have to admit though, Daniel, like you've written this article at Jeffrey Epstein. Previously, you've written articles about Chernobyl. Before that, you know, when we had the Christchurch massacres, you know, you were grappling with that and looking back to the Port Arthur massacres. And a part of me just wants to ask, uh, what what is it that with you that keeps returning to this these sort of dark and and difficult 
topics in Signs of the Times magazine. You know what? Just having had a thought about that for the last 30 seconds, I think <laughs> I am intrigued by situations in which there is no clear solution or mm-hmm. there is an end point of a disaster or a tragic occurrence, but then we are left with lingering questions that will probably never be answered. Mm. So, so for example, Chernobyl is, you know, still to this day, all those years later, there's so many people with born with deformities, so many people who have cancers because of that. It's just lingering the effects. That's sort of, I think, my interest with Jeffrey Epstein as well. And it's really interesting what you said about him being alleged because, or the accused, because mm-hmm. because he died and he never was subjected to the judge's hammer, mm. for the rest of our lives, we are always going to have to refer to him as the alleged mm-hmm. you know, sex offender, the accused, mm-hmm. and he's never going to be handed his final sentence, mm-hmm. apart from the sentence that he handed himself by taking his own life. Well, yes, and I, and I know you've had some conspiracy theories about that too, that it may not have been suicide. Well, I think Kent, the general consensus is this is just one of those situations that's going to bear a lot of conspiracy theories Mm. because fundamentally what we do know is tragic and it's very scary the amount of victims that have come forth and Mm. talked about how jeffrey epstein Ghislaine maxwell abused them but what we don't know what we have been hinted at is a whole lot more terrifying that is why everyone out on the internet is trying to draw links Mm. And and it gets a little bit crazy sometimes because for example, Jeffrey Epstein had a black book. He was very, very powerful. Like mm. there's, there's very little words that you can use to describe how powerful he was. He, he certainly had connections. Didn't he you? was I mean, very connected. There's been all kinds of names, like Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew. I think are two of the most prominent. That's right. But there's even, even more of them. There's Michael Jackson. He was, mm-hmm. he was, he somehow knew Michael Jackson. Tony Blair, who was the former British Prime Minister. Donald Trump. Anyway, th- there's connections there, and everyone's trying to figure out. Did these people know about what was going on or were they just connections of him? Were they friends? Mm. How close were they? So, the conspiracies are bound to be born out of that and everyone's just speculating about what is the true nature of this thing that went down mm-hmm. because we there's so little we know about, about it. But hopefully, we will find out soon about more details because Ghislaine Maxwell is awaiting trial next year. Uh, I think it was just recently there was released a deposition that she did in 2016. Everyone was hoping that we'd find out a whole bunch of new information from that. Having just read through some of its over 400 pages, wow. I just it's it's a lot of just denial, denial mm-hmm. about knowing what Jeffrey Epstein was up to. The thing that makes this so interesting is that we are yet to find out the true nature Mm, and mm. who knows if that'll be soon that might be next year during the trial but yeah it could be very bad Mm, once we find mm. out yeah look i I guess i i shouldn't put you on the spot to you know make it seem like you know you're the only person who you know (laughs) who might be interested in this and that's unhealthy in some way i mean i think there are a lot of people out there you know who are trying to get their heads around you know the evil that we face in the world i mean you, you think of how well books about serial killers sell you know and, and I don't think they're bought by people who are planning on being serial killers themselves or, or have some sort of, you know, unhealthy obsession with, with serial killers. I, I think a lot of us just really struggle to, to make sense of how could people do that? Like, what is going on in someone's head that they could do something like that? And we, we just want to make sense of it. We don't want evil to be this, 
this nebulous sort of scary unknown monster under the bed. We actually want to peek under the bed, have a look and see what the monster is. And, and often we find, of course, that, hey, you know, these are human beings with failings and, and weaknesses. And somehow our fears become a lot more manageable because we've, we've done that. Would, would that be a part of it for you, do you think? I mean, Possibly, <laughs> but also I think the reason why this is of such intrigue to many people is because the people involved in this are still sitting in high positions of power. Right. And now we, we, we have to an extent sort of explanations for how they were associated with him, but whether or not that is the truth, well, again, you can go down the conspiracy route or you can take what someone says at face value. But fundamentally, what we do know is that there is a lot of people out there, some who have not even faced justice and have been named by multiple people who are abused and are still walking around free and just untouched. And that is the scary part. Right, okay. So, it's... The thing that really fascinates you about this is that the story is not over by any stretch of the imagination, that the, the Epstein, what has been revealed about Jeffrey Epstein possibly reveals it's the tip of the iceberg. There's a heck of a lot more possibly going on there. Well, that's right. Like, Let's look at one classic case, which is Prince Andrew. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people who would have seen the news would remember that last year, Prince Andrew was interviewed. Well, first of all, he was, he was already accused by a number of people who were alleged victims mm-hmm. of his that essentially Epstein pimped is a very crude word, but it's mm, what it comes down to. He, yeah. he pr- procured is the polite yeah, word, but that's right. He yeah. procured these girls to Prince Andrew and there's a really famous photo of Prince Andrew with his arm around one of his victims. Now this mm. photo has been circulated everywhere. And so, this, this is a young lady who was underage at the time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Prince Andrew in an, an attempt to sort of try and clear his name went on national television and tried to face questions about his ties to Epstein. And what, what, what was supposed to be a process of him gaining the public's trust again was just a huge backfire because mm. his sort of explanations were so flimsy. For example, the interviewer pressed to him that, hey, one of your victims said that you were extremely sweaty. And he said that he couldn't sweat because of post-traumatic stuff that he'd gone through. It, when, when it was in the military in the when Falk- he was in the Falk- military that's war right. or something yeah yeah that's right so the public court of opinion is very much against prince andrew but yet he has not been investigated apart from i think he may have been questioned by police but that was about it and he's just he was stood down from his royal duties but he's living his life as a, a very free man mm-hmm. a wealthy man and he's look People want justice, but at the moment, it doesn't look like we're going to get it in the near future from him anyway. Mm-hmm. So, that that's pretty scary when you think about it, that someone's so prominent and so high up there. And then let's talk about, you know, the other one, which is Bill Clinton. Mm. Everyone's sort of speculating about the link there. Again, he's been cited by multiple abusers. As he's never been accused specifically of abuse, but everyone knows there's so many photos out there of him with Jeffrey Epstein, there's multiple eyewitness accounts of him being on Jeffrey Epstein's private island where a lot of abuse occurred. Mm. So the, the real question is, even though he hasn't been accused of anything, and this is, you know, a lot of conspiracy theorists will run around with this, but the question the public wants answered is, what way are they connected? Mm. And do you take what Bill Clinton says as the final answer or is, is there more to it? And Look, I don't know if we'll ever see that, but that is up to the authorities to sort of investigate. But until that point, we, we need to press for... The victims definitely want these people investigated to, mm. to find out the full truth. Yeah, yeah. 
Look, I, I guess we, you know, we all hope that, as you say, you know, the full truth does come out, that, that justice is done, that other people who were involved in this will eventually, you know, face consequences. We can only hope. But Daniel, you know, Signs of the Times is a, is a Christian worldview magazine, so we can look at these issues. They're interesting in and of themselves, but I guess we also need to look at the spiritual implications. And I guess the obvious one is to say, well, you know, you, you look at the world, you look at these, you know, powerful people, mostly men, involved in, in abusing vulnerable, you know, young women, you know, who are children, you know, legally children, under, under 18. Mm-hmm. How do we make sense of that from a spiritual point of view? And a lot of people will ask the question, you know, you might say you believe in God who is all-powerful and, and loves everyone. How could he allow something like this to happen? Do you, I mean, that's a hard question. It's yeah. one that people have been asking for thousands of years. But do you have any sense of an answer to that? Look, I will say this, Kent. I have been personally challenged by the concept that there are people out there who will have to live the rest of their lives without answers to things, mm-hmm. answers to tragedies. Mm-hmm. When I was at uni, for example, when MH370 went down mm-hmm. and like just following that story since then and imagining what the families have to go through now having to accept that they will never find out mm. what actually happened to that plane is is the malaysian airlines flight that went down in the ocean somewhere probably but no one's ever found the the remnants that's right yeah, yeah. so we can we can take an educated guess as to what happened there they've investigators have pieced together what they feel are the final moments but will we ever truly know yeah i don't know maybe mm. but just you feel for the families and so the same thing goes with survivors of sexual abuse mm-hmm. and especially in this case when the sexual abusers get away with it and mm. there's been some horrific sexual abusers in the past i'm thinking of jimmy saville from the uk who you know he abused i think it was the the number is incredible 400 i think underage Crazy. underage people Horrific. and the thing is that he was accused throughout his lifetime but when he passed away that's when everyone started coming out but he was you know he was already dead so mm. they never had the chance to face their accuser look him in the eye in court and say that you know now you will face justice for what you did to me mm-hmm. so okay so looking at the spiritual application of that i'm very careful about talking about this sort of thing because i can imagine the pain that survivors are going through and it's mm. not something that will go away it's something that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. It's, it's a life sentence, isn't it? I mean, even, you know, as you're saying, you know, there are abusers who get away with it one way or the other. They never have to serve their life sentence, but these people do. That's right, yeah. As Christians, we do believe that, that the world is has this disease called sin and it mm-hmm. affects every single one of us and mm. it corrupts everything around us, and mainly people. They can seek the power of God to help them overcome this disease, overcome this battle, or they can give into it, which is seems to be a lot of the time these people that commit these acts. Mm. Unfortunately, Satan, which is what we believe to be God's enemy, is doing everything he can to tempt every single one of us into committing acts that not only hurt us, but hurt other people. Mm. So, it's going to be this way until the end of the time. Mm. It, it started when Adam and Eve chose to follow Satan's command, follow Satan's request, rather than to follow God. And ever since then, it's been growing and we believe it's going to keep getting worse. Mm -hmm. However, God presents himself as a force in our lives, as a person that we can turn to 
and ask for forgiveness, ask for help in our battle against sin. Mm. But as far as other people's actions, that, that will be dealt with, God tells us, in a time after he returns. And mm. that, that's what he calls the judgment. Yeah. I, I, I guess the obvious question there is, uh, Daniel, you know, why, why wait so long? I mean, if, if God is all-powerful, you know, as, as we were saying before, if also he can see the end from the beginning, you know, he can see the future, he knows what people are going to do. I mean, if, if we accept, you know, the idea of Satan, who's the enemy, and that there's this battle going on between good and evil with sort of God and Satan at the head of each of those forces, if God is all-powerful, as soon as Satan emerged... I mean, couldn't have God just squashed him like a bug and just avoided all this trouble? I mean, it's a question a lot of people ask. Yeah, that's right. And the, the most common rebuttal is that God allows free will. He is not authoritarian mm-hmm. and that he wants every person's actions to be their own rather than himself just in full control of every person's actions, which is mm-hmm. which is why we are currently in quite sort of a, you know, this is why the world is in a bad state, even though there is a God. He is letting people remain in charge of their actions, and there are horrible consequences as a result. Mm, Including for innocent victims, innocent bystanders, which is what a lot of people struggle with. That's right. And this was man's choice in the beginning. This was not what God had intended for mankind. When you look at the Garden of Eden, it was idyllic. Everything you could have ever wanted, but it was man that chose to sin first. Mm. And we have been suffering the consequences ever since. Look, that really, really sucks all the wars, all the all the depravity that has happened since then has come as a, res- as a result. But it wasn't a result of God in the beginning. It mm. was as a result of, of man's choice. The piece of comfort is that those who oppress will eventually face a judge's hammer, even if they don't face it in the real world. And mm. I guess if you've faced some sort of gross injustice in your life, that is something that you can not look forward to with pleasure, but you know that there will be justice handed out mm, for those mm. who oppress. Okay, well, I mean that's that's certainly an attractive picture. But as you, you know, as a, as a Christian, as a Bible reader, when you look through the Bible, do you see any evidence there that God does care about justice? There's a a bunch of texts in the Bible that talk about how how God feels about justice. Jesus is a character in the Bible that always cares about the needy and the oppressed and is looking for representation for them. I looked at a verse like Isaiah chapter 30, uh, verses 18, which says, For the Lord is a God of justice. There's also passages in the Bible where, for example, the psalmist David says, Turn from evil and do good, then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. So, it's not like there's the evil people over there. We are all sinners and we all commit evil acts that hurt ourselves. They hurt God. It's not just about a prayer of one prayer and the, the, you're the clean. The slate is wiped clean, yeah. That's right, because repentance is a full turning around. And so, there's some amazing conversion stories in the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's Saul becoming Paul, turning mm-hmm. back from his following ways. There's also Zacchaeus, who was ripping people off for a living. And then, you know, he chose to follow Jesus. And it wasn't just about following Jesus. It was also about going and asking for repentance and sort of... He, like, he, he, he tried to make up for what he'd done. That's right. He, he, it, yeah. it wasn't as simple as like, oh, but you get to keep all the money that you've you've ripped off of people. It was mm. about, you know, paying those back and undoing those wrongs that you did previously. Yeah, and that, I guess that really strikes me that sometimes the, the Christian teaching of, you know, repentance and forgiveness can be misunderstood as meaning 
hey, now you get off scot-free from any consequences. But surely if someone was genuinely, if someone did something, you know, really awful, hurt other people, you know, in the course of doing that, when they come to, you know, repent, to, you know, admit they've done wrong, they have remorse for what they've done, surely a part of that is to want to make amends in some way, to want to, you know, and this is, you see people doing this, they hand themselves in to the police station and say, I just can't live with this guilt anymore. You know, I did the wrong thing and I'm ready to, to face justice. That's right. But at the same time, I just want to acknowledge how difficult of a topic this this is if you follow this to its sort of logical end. Mm. The thought that there could be someone who's absolutely done wrong to someone else in the past mm. and then would... Yeah, like, ha- have one of these deathbed conversions. Have sort a, of thing. a deathbed conversion yeah. and then the idea that they would then be saved. That That's a very difficult thing to go into. And it's I, I certainly don't have the answer myself for that. It's a real tough one. Look, I, I think it's harder to accept if we start differentiating ourselves from, you know, those evil people over there. And I mean, you, you mentioned sin before. You said we're all sinners. I mean, some of our listeners might bristle at that and say, oh, I'm a good person. I, how am I a sinner? You know, can you, can you unpack that for us, Daniel? I mean, the word sin's not a, not a very hip word for the cool kids these days. <laughs> and that's right. Well, fortunately, as Christians, we have, you know, a sort of a template that we can judge what sin is which is called the Ten Commandments. And mm-hmm. th- there's a list of things there. But also, we believe that along with God, who we pray to, there is another entity that is part of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. So the Godhead is like God the Father. Mm-hmm. There is God the Son, which is Jesus who was on earth. Mm-hmm. And then there is the Holy Spirit, which is what many people would feel directly in their r- lives as conscience. So mm. your conscience is when you do something wrong. For example, you you steal candy from the store and you feel guilty afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or even even in things like when you say something mean to someone and then you feel really bad about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Those things are your conscience pricking you and telling you, hey, this is wrong. You are sinning by committing that act. And you're saying it could be not just simply your conscience. It could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you as well. That's right. Yeah. So, your ho- the Holy Spirit is your conscience. So, I guess we've all been there. <laughs> so in, That's right. In, in in that sense, you know, who of us is perfect, and who of us then isn't a sinner? In we might see it as you know some small way, but yeah, who, and, who of us hasn't done that? Yeah, and <laughs> and this ties back to the judgment because it's not just Epstein and whoever else that's going to be facing God's hammer in the judgment. It's all of us. But the thing that God promises us in the Bible is that if we accept Jesus as our God and Savior then we are covered. It's like we'll be standing in that court in that day and we'll know that we are guilty, but there is this gift from God for everyone who's chosen him as their friend, as their savior. And those people will end up in heaven with Jesus because they knew him and he covered for their sins because they asked for it. Mm -hmm. Whereas people who didn't, who were ignorant and refused that, they will not have Jesus covering them because they didn't ask for it, because they didn't turn back from their evil ways. Mm. Yeah, there's that classic Bible verse, isn't there? You know, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I mean, that's that's that basic message in, in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, some of us might still struggle with the idea of, you know, God as a judge that seems sort of like a very fearsome 
sort of thing. Could I, could I just add something to that? Yeah, sure. Not, not only because of it seems like there's a, a lot of authority that comes with that role, mm. but also because I was reading this book a few years ago, which is about female abuse survivors mm-hmm. who especially found the concept of God the Father a very challenging thing because yeah. they had been abused by males in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, this book was pretty much trying to dispel this sort of view that people can have of a male authority figure or like God in the Bible is described as the father, mm-hmm. but whether he is male or female as us humans are, maybe I think the Bible describes him as such because it's it's in a way that us humans can understand. But mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the Bible says that both male and female are created in the image of God. That's right. So, so in that sense, God sort of transcends gender. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's portrayed to us in a way that we can understand. But also mm. because it's portrayed that way, that people who have had negative experiences can find that mm. kind of are, hard to understand. Are you talking about The Shack, the, the book and the movie? Because that in The Shack... God appears in that, but God appears as as a woman, like a very you know motherly, um, embracing, warm woman. And some people have really struggled with that depiction of God like in in that book and, and in that movie. But but I think it totally gets back to what you're saying. You know, God will connect with us in the way that He knows we need to connect with Him. You know what I mean? And and He'll find ways to get around. You know, as they say. People use phrases like a father wound, you know, the sense of abandonment or abuse we may have had from a parent. You know, God has a way of getting around that and connecting uh, to us, which is, you know, really special. Yeah, that's right. And just further to that point, the fact that people look to God as like some distant figure who is watching our pain on earth, all these horrible things that people are going through and saying, just claiming that there's this disconnect, often forget that Jesus was the form of God that was on earth and was suffering along with us. Mm, so it's not so distant. That's right. It's God is like a being that understands us. It's not that he created us. He put us on this sort of like Farmville, you know, type app on his phone when he's just watching us like mm. mucking around. And, and and then just sort of walked away. That's, and, that's right. Yeah. Walked away. He's, he's right there in our suffering with us. It, you know, the Bible talks about how God hurts when we hurt. So, mm. In those things, I, I really do hope that people who have faced, you know, hardship trauma that I don't even understand can find comfort in the fact that they are understood in their pain with Jesus. And yes, I know that there is hardship on this earth that there may not even be an answer to, but there is the chance for us to make a change in our own lives, even if we can't change the lives of others or the, the hurt that they do to people. And that yes, also we'll all face judgment, but that if we choose God right now, mm. that we will be found amongst those who are on God's side and we'll have eternal life with him. And that is true victory for me, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the ultimate reward and, and the ultimate vindication, I guess. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Well, look, you've given us a lot to think about today, Daniel. I think a lot of us will need to, you know, find a Bible, crack it open, have a read and check some of these things out for ourselves because, as you say, you know, some of the things we've been discussing are pretty hard to accept on face value and, and they require a, a lot of thinking and a lot of study and to perhaps, you know, to find a, a mature Christian and, uh, and talk it through with them and, uh, you know, talk through your particular situation and see if you, you can catch a glimpse of, of that God who loves you and who is, you know, n- not about protecting you from suffering, you know, in every instance necessarily, but allows things to play out, but is with you there 
in the suffering. You know, your tears are, are his tears. Thanks so much for your time, Daniel. Really appreciate you being a part of Signs of the Times Radio. Cheers, Kent. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.